Blog Talk Radio. Great joy and good afternoon, my friend. The Nepalese meditation bowl is chiming, centering your mind and delight on the art of the CEO. The show that brings you the wisest counsel and the most fascinating people in the business community from all around our terrestrial orb. I am Bart Jackson, your Hieronymus Bosch of business. And have you ever wanted a little nobility in your life? requested after some honest heroism, and even sought the divine spark within yourself? Well, your yearning quest, my friend, is an ancient one. Great heroes, heroines, warriors, leaders, and the gods themselves have set out on this quest and had their journeys detailed in timeless mythologies. And today's guest, Miss Anne Kate Sullivan, author of Heroines of Avalon and Other Tales and her Legends of the Grail, Stories of Celtic Goddesses, while ants joyfully distilled the essence of these Asians and burnished out the best of their wisdom as that applies to the as- that aspiring, venturesome individual today. Yes, my friend, that's you. <laughs> and so right now you may be saying to yourself, hey, isn't this a best of show? And my answer is, oh, count on it, my friend. This episode ignites that most elemental foundation of your business, the, the time-proven models which Anne offers the ladies in her Celtic heroines, and I, with my Greek heroes, lay before you gentlemen, well, they are going to yield some purpose and fire to your business enterprises, your creations, your leadership, and every facet of your life. So pack up your intellect and journey with me now into the bright lights of New York City, where the bookcom is taking place, and where we will meet our Virgil, our mentor, the bewitching and cogent Anne Sullivan who is going to take you on a wild ride inside and have you emerge all the stronger for it. We're in Manhattan at the opening of BookCon, the Great Book Expo in Manhattan, with author Anne Kate Sullivan, who has made it not only to the top of the Big Apple, but in funny lot, foggy London town and all over the globe, and quite frankly, with her two latest books, Legends of the Grail, Stories of Celtic Goddesses, and Heroines of Avalon, which are piling up more wards than presidential indictments at this point. It's marvelous. <laughs> and so, Anne, just uh, as you are here in New York, you are going to receive awards tonight. What awards are you receiving for your books tonight? Well, during this, this period of time, I'm going to be receiving a gold with Ippy for, mm. for uh, uh, this is Heroines of Avalon and Other Tales. Oh. And mm-hmm. so it won the gold for Visionary and New Age Fiction, which I'm very excited about. Hmm. Um, so we get to have a dance in Times Square. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> and then it got a silver with uh, Nautilus, um, mm-hmm. which is a great award. This is for women's fiction. Oh, excellent. So right. really excellent. That's award. what men tell. <laughs> yeah. And then it's first place uh, for uh, Indie Reader, which Yay! I'm very excited right. about. Ind- independent. All Yay. Right. Well, that's wonderful. Now, uh, and it has been said that a noble god is the most wondrous work of woman or man. and But let's face it, we, we live in the age of, of social media, rapid-fire texts, and, and uh, smartphone slavery. So what have the fusty, mossy goddesses of uh, the Celts uh, got to offer us in, in this overly technologized age? Well, I love the idea of the sort of mossy goddess, right? Mm-hmm. So... So, you know, first of all, I think we're, we're dealing with the Celtic tradition. So I think we want to step back in time here just okay. a, a little bit and, and say, well, you know, you were talking about the, what the male and female create. But if you really go back to the pre-Celtic times, yeah. the times of Tuatha de Dunan, which is where stories of goddesses begin, mm-hmm. we have Danu. Now, Danu mm-hmm. was actually self-created. Ah. Ah. And so okay. she creates... With, uh, with making love with the air and the elements. generation, basically, <laughs> right? Oh, excellent. She does create the dogda, but she also creates many daughters as well. And so, mm-hmm. hmm, so what might this self-generating goddess have for us now? Wow. I think maybe there's a little spark of the culture of life. Mm-hmm. And women have life, and it is not to be disdained, but to be embraced? Absolutely. Wonderful. 
great idea. Well, now, just uh, to help uh, uh, most of us, could you give us a little history of the Celts? I mean, uh, how they ended up in Britain specifically, and how their culture was able to influence this most influential of, of uh, global cultures. So, well, it depends whether you're going to go with what's taught at school, um, <laughs> which is really, I guess, that so they they started in the Germanic areas where they started Austria and some and some, you know, and, and then spread across Europe. Right. Right. But now we're finding that might not be the case. We're doing ah, enough okay, DNA okay. studies, ah. and we're really upsetting the apple cart. And Science tends to do that, <laughs> don't they? <a> very pesky. <laughs> so uh, people like Brian Sykes and a few others uh-huh. are saying there's a root race that comes out of Ireland. Whoa, a root race, not a flow-through of nomads plunking down. No, no or not. A, well, some people say there's a strong Celtic stronghold there. Now, mm-hmm. it might, this might be a pre-Celtic root race. Oh, okay, so, okay. So, and who knows if this is true, but it's very interesting. And if you think, you know, back to Plato and his ideas of Adl- uh, of Atlantis, right, uh-huh. the Atlantic right. Ocean, right. right, spread out like two wings rising from the sea foam. <laughs> I like Venus rising from the sea foam, and that, but that's just my own particular proclivity. Absolutely, actually. Well, we like the Greco-Roman, and, and there are many, many crossovers. And in this particular mm. case, you would probably have Eru on the sea foam, but oh. or, or maybe the triple goddess. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so this is this is where they get. Why is their culture sticking with us, and why is it so influential? Well, if you know, if you if you if you look at a lot of great leaders, mm-hmm. they uh, if you if you go back in time, a lot of especially in in Britain and uh, Ireland, well, especially Britain, let's say, mm-hmm. you're going to be influenced by King Arthur. True. Right. So mm-hmm. so we've got the the story of the hero's journey. Now, Arthur arises out of a deep Celtic tradition, okay. right? He's he's the cro- he's where it's where the Christ meets the the old Gaelic gods, you know. Mm-hmm. So that so it's juicy and it's it's interesting, right? Uh, right? So um, he had a Christian patina that became a, a more of a quilt as time went on. Absolutely. Well, he he's basically he's basically the the um, the British Christ. Yeah, yeah, right. Right. So in Ireland, you might God, God is an Englishman, I've been told. <laughs> well, they would say that. Um, <laughs> so, the, so you know, in this in this area that that I go to quite mm-hmm. often, and, and where I did a lot of re- research for these books, I go to Somerset, mm-hmm. and there's this one little place called Glastonbury, and um, and they it was at one point considered the the British Jerusalem. So no kidding. People wow. have gone. Now this is Christian, then pre-Christian wave. The Druids uh, uh, right, were sure. also in there too. Mm-hmm. So, so I so now, what you what inspired you? I understand that you you claim heritage, but I mean, what inspired you to study the the Celts, uh, their divinities, their heroes, and really what makes them worthy? These deities worthy of our study today. Well, my my curiosity picked up in my grandmother's kitchen when I was just a little kid, mm-hmm. and you, my my father had ha- handed me a few mythology books, and uh, meanwhile Nana Nana would be stirring her soup, and she would. <laughs> it sounds absolutely primordial. <laughs> <laughs> and she would tell me about our relatives that were buried in the backyard. So we have a legacy farm in Virginia. Oh, like the mafia. No, no, I'm, I'm oh. sorry. I'll, I, no, all wrong. I, I got that. No, no, do, do go on. <laughs> So, so actually, we were we have a little vase that says we were the farriers of the king. Oh, so, great! So we, okay. This was a great. Uh-huh. There were two vases at one point, but anyway. So I was fascinated by these knights of Northumbria. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so when I got the opportunity to go, when I was given this overseas research award, I made a, a beeline to Bamber Castle, oh, and okay. then I had all you know, then there are legends of the ladies of the lake and mm-hmm. Lancelot and so forth that are there. So I was charmed, and then it turns out that our lineage goes back to Robert the Bruce. So oh I my had, goodness, right. So, uh-huh. so uh, if at first you don't succeed, <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that one of the reasons that, that you should uh, the, the reason for following? These these people. Uh, what what is what am I going to get from them today? Generally speaking, why are they worthy of study? There, there's one other little thread that I'm going to drop in. So okay. I, so on my father's side, 
we go back to Eleanor of Aquitaine. Now you have right. to realize this is 12th century, sure. and, and when she was Queen of, of England, there mm -hmm. were 35,000 people living in London. So a lot of people yeah. are, are related to Eleanor of Aquitaine. But what, <laughs> what I love about her is that she, she was in love with Grail legend. Ah, and she would hire the Welsh bards to come and tell the stories in her courts. And that's ah. why we know the legends today. Well, she, it was very, very important to her. So you have to think this wonderful queen mm. rode on the Third Crusade Which to the is, Holy Land. And think about that. For all you women who sang, were saying, well, there's a glass ceiling, to which she answered, Boulder Dash. Do go oh, no. on. She, well, Eleanor Rockwood said, well, I, I'm absolutely going to ride to mm. the Holy Land. And I have a lovely... check out of a lot of the male leaders I've seen in, in this guy, but let's not go there. Go ahead. <laughs> she put her silver saddle on her horse, and she got her falcon, and she had her ladies' maids, and off they went. <sighs> and she made it to the Holy Land and back. And there is some kind of question about what perhaps she found ah. there. Did she find a relic? Perhaps she did come back and... Or a Turkish rule. lover. <laughs> well, yes, it was that too. But she, <laughs> so, uh, and Maybe that, he wasn't a relic. I don't know. But I think that's why she, she ah. loved the story of Guinevere. Of course, of course. Wonderful. Well, I am going to just to give this a little, uh, give our our, our tale today a little bit of a, 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 a gender equality. Um, I, we're going to ask a few questions about and, and ask for some of your, uh, as you bring forth some divine inspirational answers. And I am going to uh, turn to the culture for men, uh, that is through a, the culture that I myself am passionately following, and that is the ancient Greeks. And briefly, the reason why the ancient Greeks, because their mythology holds in it universal human truths through all of it. I mean, the, the pitfalls of, of human pride, the price paid for defying fate or plunging too deeply into passion, all these are things that we face and, and, and must wrestle with. So let's... That's let's absolutely true. And it would, it's also true for the Celtic tradition. Mm -hmm. You know, in, in the Celtic tradition, mm -hmm. you had, you had if maybe if you were lucky, you might run into a, a druid, right? Right. So in order to become a druid, you had to know 250 stories of your people. Then you're considered a bard. And the reason you needed to know 250 mm -hmm. stories of your people, besides the fact there wasn't television back then, right, yeah. is because each of those stories did contain an element of truth. And so as you were developing, especially if you were going to become a, yeah. a, a leader or a hero, in Celtic tradition, men and women can be leaders and hero, mm -hmm. heroines, druidesses, yeah. mm -hmm. um, you had to find your four hallows. So you had to find your truth, your right. sort of truth. So that's why... That's why author finds Excalibur. You know, it's very important. And so all through all through the Celtic tradition you'll find this. That you have to go and find your truth because without your truth you cannot be a leader. You have to find your spear so that you mm -hmm. have your creative genius. I think you have just said something we, we use a term here, uh, a, a timeless you have given a timeless truth of business and of life. And so it is it, this is a quill pen moment. I would like everybody out there to dip their uh, pen in their inkwell and write down that there is there is a quest there is a fun way that you must search and it doesn't come to you but as you say it's the, it is yours for the seizing not falling into your lap would that be correct? It's interesting that's for the seizing I think with the so in in the Celtic tradition there are many stories about how a man is given his sword mm -hmm, it's almost mm -hmm. always given to him by a woman of yeah. magic. Yeah, yeah. And if he seizes the sword, he quite often will create a wasteland. That's how the Fisher King gets wounded. Behind every successful man. There is a woman, right? Mm -hmm. So so, so here we have King Arthur and the ladies of the lake. Right, Some right. Some case, Argante uh, gives, yeah. gives him the sword. And so he doesn't, he's not getting it from an accountant. <laughs> he's not getting it from some hoary old sage. He is getting it from the other half of him, which makes him complete. Yes. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. because uh, in, in, so in this tradition, so, so we can even take it back further to the goddess of sovereignty, to the pre-Celtic stories, where mm -hmm. a man can only lead as a hero or a king if the goddess of the land deems it so. Excellent. I like that. <laughs> because without consensus, my business friends, uh, as Thoreau never said, we ain't going nowhere. <laughs>
If you have just joined us, you are listening to The Art of the CEO, which every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time flows ragingly down the quivering avenues of cyberspace where you may listen to this and all our episodes and by downloading it from theartoftheceo.com. Just visit theartoftheceo.com. As an added avenue, you may also enjoy our shows on C-Suite radio station. We are proud members of C-Suite radio where the wisdom of business experts profitably enriches your own enterprises. So just visit all our Art of the CEO episodes on csuiteradio.com. All right. Uh, And uh, looking to our first sort of mythically defined inspiration, uh, as, as my wife's husband always says, the rich get richer, but the informed buy them out. Which is is good, except today we live in an information swamp, half of which is totally false. We just don't know which half. And uh, this makes it pretty tough. But So how in business uh, does woman find what is real? And uh, in other words, how does she find what is of value to her? Is there a, a, a heroine or a mythic inspiration that could help us here? So we, we mentioned woman, but I think this is true for all people. The only way we can find what's real is when we find it inside of ourselves, mm-hmm. which is the reason we would go on something like, like a quest to find mm-hmm. the grail, mm-hmm. right? So we, we talked about the... So we're know, finding ourselves, really. Exactly, our full self. Which is the spark of the divine, I assume, within it. Right. Yeah, okay. Well, that would be the spear, right? So, mm-hmm. so we found mm-hmm. the, the sort of truth. Uh-huh. Now we now we know what's real and what's a lie, yeah, right? right? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so and then we found our spear. So we have our creative genius and inspiration, and those are our masculine qualities. Mm-hmm. True okay. for men and women. Okay. Then what do we quest for? Then we quest for the Grail, and the okay. Grail is really if you th- if you think about it, it is it is everything that's feminine. It's the circle. Right. You go in, you go you look into the it lake is, to find it. It is nourishing. It is. Yeah. It is life itself. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful. We're, how, how much percent water? 70% water. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and here we feel... 30, does that mean 30% scotch? <laughs> in, I think so. Oh, uh, I think so. Okay, <laughs> go ahead. So, so the grail... And, 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 you know, in order to find your grail, this is where we're starting to shift to the heroine's quest. Okay, okay. Because, which is? Which it, well, all of a sudden we have to become receptive. Ah, face change, face what? assess what is out there and accept it and do the best with it? Would that well, be you know, in, in business, we might we might try to dominate and control, but we, we're finding that's not working out quite so mm. well. And so what if, what if we're in, on the Grail Quest, what we're doing is we're listening to each other and establishing friendship? What if? Yeah. Oh, isn't okay. that business, actually? Yeah, that is <laughs> the busyness of life, right? Yeah, right. So that, that's one. And then, of course, the other one we look for is our stone of destiny, which is our mm. purpose. What's mm. our life purpose and mission? Because yeah. in business, in, in any, you know, if we're really on our life purpose and mission, mm-hmm. we're excited. We're alive. Yes. We want to get up in the morning. We want right. to go out and do our thing. We want to deliver our message. You and, used the word purpose, which I love. Yes. We, in business, too often we set goals without realizing the purpose. It's a very, I'm glad that you make that distinction. Then, yeah. Well, it can be meaningless. Mm. We can be, you know, if we, if we have a, a, a goal, if we set a goal, I mean, I, I love spiritual aims. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But only, only if they're really in alignment with, with what's unfolding within our true nature. Okay. Well, I I am going to give now from the masculine point of this, turning to the Greeks, I am going to say finding what is of value and finding the information that works. I am going to turn to the Greek god Apollo. Now, Apollo stood joyfully and beautifully and absolutely fearlessly as the ideal heroic, as the ideal male of, of, of Greek masculinity. And, you know, it was he who conquered the uh, unconquerable python snake, and it was he who, who rode a dolphin into town. I always loved that. And, uh, but he also did something else. He was known for the pure sunlight of truth and integrity, and it was because of that, telling the truth and the honesty, that he was that Zeus, his father, was able to uh, was inspired to imbue him with the gift of prophecy and the control of prophecy. And I always liked that idea. In other words, the the truth sayer in the office or in your life, or the one who tells the truth to themselves, 
will find themselves most likely to be the prophet and be seen as prophetic. And does it work? I don't know, except he wore the, Apollo was the one who wore the laurel wreath of unquenchable victory, so why not? Do you know the story of Cassandra? I love that, yes. After she turned down his advances, which is the great thing, about, which shows strength <laughs> and power, she turned down the advances of a god. And I tried to, I tried that on my wife, and she didn't go fall for it either. But um, anyway, she, she was given the gift of always telling the truth, and no one would ever believe her. Exactly. So yeah. she was the great. She was the great mystic. I always thought that was interesting. That even though, even though she always saw what was real, and she could always look into the future, she was the great oracle. No one could ever understand what she said. So mm. yeah. So maybe maybe that what's what's mysterious and rational need to have another dance there. <laughs> I think so. I think too often, quite frankly, I was going to say it's, it's the opposite of the way we run things. I think people feel the the, the need to put a spin on something mm. so much today. Yeah. And that, that, frankly, is very sad. Well, we can find it also, a very similar story, um, back to Arthurian legend with, mm. with um, King Arthur. Well, King Arthur is only King Arthur because of Merlin, of course. Sure. Right. But after Merlin retires into his cave, he has Nimue. Mm. We don't know Nimue quite as well, but she's a Cassandra type of character. Uh-huh. And so uh-huh. she becomes the advisor to the king. And I always love the fact that, in the, again, the Celtic tradition, that the goddess of sovereignty has to come up. That in order for him to really, really rule as king, he needs his seer. He needs the woman who can look right. mm-hmm. into the dark well and say, the way to pull the country together is this. And so uh, let's hold hands and let's work together. Let's create the round table. Of course, the round table is also feminine. Right. Uh, well, I always say that, that one strong, iron-willed, ambitious person can climb the highest mountain. But one compassionate person, with all her supporters, can move it. And I've always felt that, that, mm. that, 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 as you say, reach for the seer, find the seer, and they're out there. So, they uh, are. They are. Now I noticed one thing. And speaking of this, about meeting with other people, I noticed that in in both your books, you have uh, you write about the, the caring and warm and loving aspects uh, which you which you attribute to to the goddesses. But you also you very you continually remind the reader that they are warriors too. Now in business there there is the the conflict. I mean whether you're you're, you're trying to gain stature, you're trying to overcome demons, you're trying to to uh, be over uh, to conquer in in either the, the politics of the office or in the open market. Uh, the the conflict does exist. What's a good role model, sort of a sagely role model for embracing the conflict? Interesting. So, so in the in the Greek and Roman tradition, of course, we have it. We have Athena, but most of the goddesses in, in that tradition are are lunar goddesses. So they're going to reflect the light of the masculine. And what's really fun, and what got, and the reason I I am so excited about Celtic mythology, yeah, <laughs> is that there are solar goddesses, yeah, such yeah. as Anya. And Anya is a solar goddess who reflects her own light. She has her own thoughts. She's she her, reflects her own light. That's right. That, say that again. I, I think that's so wonderful. She re- so, so Anya, the solar goddess, reflects her own light. Wonderful. She shines in her own way. She has her own brilliancy, her own thoughts. Mm-hmm. So she is, I mean, she's a, in a way the Christos of the, of, the, of the Celtic tradition. Yeah, yeah, okay. So. That's, that's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. And then we have other goddesses, such as Skyach. Okay. Uh, Skyach is a, is a really wonderful one. So. Let's say, um, so, so we have Achilles, right? In, in, right? We do indeed. We know Achilles. So, so the counterpart in the Celtic tradition, the Irish tradition, would be Cúhulainn of Merhavna. Yes. Yes? I do know. Right. But right. Right. But when Cúhulainn decided he wanted to marry Emer, who was mm-hmm. the great beauty of the land, mm-hmm. the only way this could happen is if he actually became what he was supposed to be, a hero. And the only way he could become a hero in that tradition is that you have to go to Scotland, to the Isle, to the Isle of Skye, to meet Truly. Skyach. Mm-hmm. And in order to get there, you have to you have to cross the Bucking Bridge, and you have to jump a ravine, a 22-foot ravine that's I full of skulls it. at the bottom. God, and yeah. if you do happen to make it, oh, like Congress, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you are, and she's standing in front of you with a dagger, and she's going mm. to decide if she's going to kill you, or she's going to make love with you, or she's going to actually initiate you and, and teach you a little bit of magic. And so in his particular case, uh-huh. I think all of it happens. So she takes off running through the forest. Mm-hmm. And I, of course, he's collecting his hallows, 
He's learning. He's learning his. He's learning how to battle. But not only that, he's learning how to handle a lightning strike without dying. So he's handling uh, an amazing amount of energy. Wonderful. And, and then, of course, he has to learn the elements. Mm -hmm. How he works with all of the elements, mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. that when he rides into battle, right. He, he's not alone. It looks like he has 10,000 people with him. Because in truth, <laughs> the compassionate person who has embraced the others does have 10,000 people, and, they, and he needs to see that. Exactly. If, if you have, If you're connected to, to the animated world, right. you know you have allies. And if you're going into a boardroom, or if you're going, in, mm. if you're going for your PhD thesis, I remember mm. when I was <laughs> in England, yes. you know, being looked down upon. I thought it's I have one of the world's greatest terrors, truly. But yeah, yeah all right. <laughs> I was thinking I have my ten thousand allies with me, and it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, in, in my, I have, I don't have ten thousand allies in my answer, but you did mention the, the one I was going to mention: two people, two Greek gods. To, to help you uh, face conflict. And one would be Ares, the Roman Mars, the god of war, who uh, holds an inestimable courage. In fact, he has a sort of a devil-may-care, fearlessly willing to fling himself into the fight. And that's an admirable trait. But at the same time, I always like the Greek idea that Athena has the goddess of wisdom wears a war helmet. And I think that's marvelous because it says, the Greeks are saying, that the finest weapon of war is wisdom. And if you don't believe it, that little owl that sits on her <laughs> shoulder is called Nike, which isn't sneakers, has nothing to do with Hogwarts, it's a Greek word for victory. And of course, in the Celtic tradition, you'd have the Morrigan. Oh. The Morrigan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she, she will shapeshift into a raven. Oh, I like that. And uh -huh. so you, quite often you'll see pictures of her with the raven's head, and she's flying naked over the over the uh, the soldiers who who were marching into battle. Of course, she shapes just well, later. That would inspire me. <laughs> I can tell you the reason. <laughs> and so, and of course, in that tradition, it's magic. Is that where Eleanor got it from? Is that, uh, Eleanor of Aquitaine. Yeah, she. Uh, I understand she appeared. Shall we say? Half nude before the troops at one point, or that uh, it so goes. I don't. <laughs> that's only to Turkish kings, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that's wonderful. Now, coming up, Anne will be breathing more life into the mythic heroines and laying out more fulfillment strategies for us all. Right after you regather your prodigious wit and take a brief sorbet from our Feast of Wisdom. So we offer you a few utensils now for today's feast. And the first utensil, as I always do, uh, may I remind you that each, well, each one of you hearing my voice, that the good Lord has gifted you with the title and privileges of Chief Executive Officer of yourself. And since that's really the most important position you'll ever hold in your career, allow me to ask, will this be the day that you discover the treasure of solitude? and allow it to recreate you? Or will you continue to push away your most inspiring thoughts with the ceaseless noise of the madding crowd and the devices? The choice, my friend, is truly yours. And as a second utensil, I can sense you yearning to steep your lips into a little laughter and taste a scriptural recitation from the 101 Best Business Quips book. And this one is... Let me search through... Okay, this is number 35. <clears throat> Probably the surest recipe for unhappiness is to begin comparing your progress with that of your coworkers and the entrepreneurs written up in all those glossy business journals. <laughs> and as an afterthought, horse races are won not by keeping your eyes on the competition beside you, but by looking deep inside and discovering that extra hidden power. If you smirk a bit over that quip, we have them literally by the books full. Just visit BartsBooks.com and pick up your copy of the 102 or the 101 Best Business Quips, and your newly adopted wit will flood gently into the welcoming ears of all your fellow chain gangers at work. As uh, a third utensil, we sumptuously spoon to you the answer to last week's business quotation. That is the name of the individual who said, <clears throat> some people regard private enterprise is a predatory tiger to be shot. Others look on it as a cow they can milk. But not enough people see it as a healthy horse pulling a sturdy wagon. I love that. 
Those words were spoken by none other than England's legendarily powerful World War II Prime Minister, Mr. Winston Churchill. Congratulations to all you winners, and stick with us, because later on in the show, Birding Your Way, comes another enriching quotation. And if you are among the learned souls who knows the author of the, that quote, simply scribble that sage's name down as you believe him or to be, and email it right off to info at bartsbooks.com. That's I-N-F-O at bartsbooks.com. And if you are correct, your knowledge will earn to you a mind and soul igniting gift, freshly disemboweled from the dungeons of Bart's Books Bookstore. And before we return to author Ann Sullivan and her mythic revelations so pointing for today, allow me to introduce to you the company by whose good graces we are here today. And that company is Prometheus Publishing, who invites you to take a good scrutiny of the book, which has helped a great many women in their careers, entitled Behind Every Successful Woman is herself. <laughs> this gem of a guide is, is really fabulous. It embraces the thoughts of leading business women and provides all the techniques and disciplines and the all-important attitudes for those ladies who want their career and ventures to soar meteorically. It makes an ideal gift for the upcoming graduate who is on her way out into the business community and for anyone else who needs a lift in her life. You may pick up your copy at bartsbooks.com bookstore. That's B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S dot com bookstore. Carpe diem, my friend. You are indeed worth it. So, now with utensils in hand, my friend, join me as we re-enter the mythical portal, ferrying across the Hudson into Manhattan, where award-winning author Anne Sullivan unravels Celtic myths with amazing revelations for the business person of today. Now, Anne, we are moving into uh, another business inspirational moment, and, and I, I would say personal fire is what gets me, is, is you know business demands the absolute utmost of you, or it's an avenue into which you can pour your utmost, I should say, and somewhere in each of us lies that little spark, that divine essence that allows us to, when lit, just immensely and explosively burst forth body, mind, and soul. Uh, what Celtic goddess, what, what divinity would perhaps bring out some inspiration that, that might be a model for us? Well, in the Celtic tradition, we have Bridget, or, mm-hmm. or Bride, or Breed. She has many, many different names, and she's, she's quite an old, she's an old goddess, but she always appears as a maiden. Ah. And so she appears in the springtime. And what's really lovely about Bridget right now is that her flame... Although it was put out by the Romans, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it was relit it was in 2015 in Kildare. No kidding! So you can Wonderful. go and, and light your torch, you, you light uh, your, your flame, your candle, and carry Bridget's fire within you. So she's very much an Athena type mm-hmm. of character. So she's mm-hmm. the one that brings light to our culture, that brings the fertility, that brings the richness, that brings the create, creative ideas, the fruits, the culture of life. She's a symbol of the culture of life. And you, each person listening, you have the the opportunity to seize as much of that as possible and pass it on. Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. Well, and you know, and the, and the one thing I love about the Celtic tradition is there there are times throughout the year mm-hmm. when you can really focus on these different deities, and there's and there's a reason to do it. I believe even in this wild age of technology, mm-hmm. is that, you know, when we get really grounded, we know our roots. When we actually mm-hmm. get back into rhythm with the earth, we're much more powerful. If we really think for a moment, when we're mm. when we ha- can take space and we're in our in world and mm. we're with mm. our allies, okay. we have an amazing amount of creativity that can pour forth. Mm. And so when when we can take time in the springtime and just look at the blossoms just for a minute, because the blossoms so that's the fire, the blossoms. You, can, you, know, the, you the, feel the life surge within you. You you have to be stone dead not to feel it. Absolutely, yeah. but yeah. I, I don't want to forget the Cali- the Koila healer, the Kaliak, yeah. the old woman of the world. She's also important. Ah, uh. there's a lot more to be given to age than than we in, in this youth-oriented culture give credit. Yeah. Well, I would say on the Greek side of this, uh, the one that I feel lights the fire, or, or shall we, sparks fire, is of all people, Zeus, the king of gods. The reason, and my reason is. Zeus is the god who hurls lightning, creates thunder, comes down, rains storms upon us. In other words, he hits us with chaos. And that is the inspiration, that is the excitement part. 
for for so many men that that uh, I have felt this in your your when you're in your canoe and you're turning the bend and you hear the roar of whitewater around yourself you you surge with that chaos when you're in business and you hear the melee going all around you and you realize someone's got to come through and cut this with a knife and pull it all together you feel that surge and that energy and so from the the chaos we don't don't retreat and go home rather seize the chaos and go with it that's just I love it. So it reminds me of the, of the sun god Lu in the Celtic tradition. Also mm. Anya, who we, who we mentioned. But also, you know, one of the early stories uh, of, of Ireland comes out of the uh, Labor Gabala, the, the history oh. of the invasions of Ireland. Uh-huh. And this is fun because if, if you think about a lightning bolt and someone that can handle storms, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a heroine that, come, that comes out of this tradition. Oh, embraced and loved by the by Eru of Ireland. Mm-hmm. So Kesar was mm-hmm. the granddaughter of Noah. Right, okay. But she was in the lineage of Cain, not Abel. And so when mm-hmm. Noah was building the ark, mm-hmm. he said, I'm really sorry, but you're not, uh, you're not allowed to board. Right, right. Uh-huh. And, she, and she was a bit like Cassandra. She, could, she was a seer, mm-hmm. um, and she knew a storm was coming, and she didn't really like the idea of drowning. So she went, well, in that case, I guess I'll just build my own ark. All right. There, there, I think, is one of the finest lessons that you can pull out of mythology. There isn't only one arc in this terrestrial orb, but but do go on. I'm sorry. I, it's, so, it's just so, so obvious. Isn't it wonderful? So yeah, she, yeah. she pulls 50 friends together, and she has a herd of horses that she mm-hmm. wants to come with her. So she builds her ark, uh-huh. and the storm hits. And off they go, flying through the through the storm and swirling around in the ocean. And she and she's and she's saying, oh, I need to throw the light of my heart out. I need someone, someone to help me and someone to to grasp this light. And it's not actually a, a patriarchal god mm-hmm. that helps in this particular tradition. <laughs> it's the goddess Eru who steps forth oh. and she grabs Eru's light and she starts to pull, but. She can't quite handle it until uh-huh. the great poet Finpan wraps his arms oh, around her, uh, and together they're they're the first couple that land. There is more in poetry than can be exposed through mathematics. Well, and some people mm-hmm. say that's why there's so many great bards in Ireland. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's true. Wonderful. Uh, and I here I thought it was happy hour, but it. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, let, we're moving on. Uh, Sludge uphill. It's terrible, but anyway, it's uh, the uh, one other aspect I think is that we all know that all business is personal. It, it, you know, whether you're gaining consensus or trying to motivate comrades toward the right direction, or you're, you're just selling. Uh, you, so I was just wondering if you could offer us perhaps some of the vital traits of a heroine or a goddess that would help us gain some understanding and perhaps take a little bit more of a leadership role in our, our daily lives, something to, sh- to shoot at. What would it look like if a goddess was in <laughs> ran for president and was elected? Um, you, so or, or if somebody cheated on the election and, and got another country to put the goddess down. Wrong story. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> let's I, say I, she rose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's say she rose. Like, yeah, we'll, we'll go from there. So, so this is really interesting. So in the in the in the Arthurian tradition, you know, we mentioned that a man needs the, the goddess to rule, and so we have we we understand that the goddess is the embodiment of the earth herself. Correct. That's who the goddess is. Right, okay. And she might have many different names and faces. Mm, sure. But she arises for a particular purpose and a particular reason. I mean, mm. we might even say the Statue of Liberty, yeah, in, in a way, that, represents. And that. it did arise for a very specific reason, that, that and, has, and her meaning has broadened. Yes, yeah. yes, so she's freedom. And so if we think about culture of life for a minute, now a, mm-hmm. goddess, a goddess wants all things to flourish. Yeah, yeah. When when it's their time, she'll mm-hmm. also take things back when their time mm-hmm. is done. Yeah, yeah. So we so if we right now we're living in the culture really much more of a culture of death, mm-hmm. where where there's you know domination control where we're killing the planet where we're polluting mm-hmm. and and yeah, that sort yeah. of thing. So if if the if the goddess if we bring back the goddess traditions, I think this is actually very very important, and and you'll start to realize. It's very important when you do some of these quests where you actually crawl into one of the ancient cairns oh and, 
in, in the darkness. Yeah, and yeah, you yeah. put your back up against the stones and you're listening to the earth herself and the way in which the earth dreams. It's oh. very powerful. And if our yeah, leaders yeah. could do this, mm-hmm. we might treat the earth quite differently. Because, you know, whenever... We can find a kinship indeed, can we not? We need to. I mean, okay. we're at a point. We're, we're at a point where we really Not need, can, to. need to. We need right. to. Okay. We need to bring these these back. So, you know, in the Celtic tradition, it's not about the you know the goddess or the god. It's about uh, the masculine and feminine dancing together. Mm. And so we need times of dreaming, and we mm-hmm. need times of creation, and we need times of action. We need both. Mm-hmm, but we mm-hmm. don't. And when 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 the a man grabs his sword and he starts to wield it. And this can be a woman too. Whoever grabs the sword and she wields it without having a connection to her inner world, mm-hmm. her creative spirit, she can she can be destructive. No. But but when she finds her magic and she wields her sword, my goodness, with, with what do the we purpose do? you were talking about. With the purpose, what do we do? We heal the oceans, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. We we create technologies that help all people. We yeah. create banking systems that mm-hmm. that we're, you know, we can yeah. we can right now choose to heal this earth. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's funny, I, uh, there is a gentleman I met who is uh, one of our greatest swords currently, as you've mentioned, is technology, and we are using that, we, we think of this as a destructive, as a laying the flat land of modernity and so forth, but this gentleman has found uh, is, is an overarching way to use to use technology for peace, and uh, it is it, it's in a marvelous way to do it. I, I won't. I don't want to go into it uh, too deeply now. But I, what I'm saying is that the sword, with, wielded with the right purpose, is one that, that makes all the difference. Well, it's true. It's it, the true. wielding itself isn't anything. Well, I mean, it's true for money. It's true. Mm. It, you know, it, when we have power, we can use it for good or ill. Yeah. Which yeah. way are we going to use it? And I think when we have these old stories, you know, how Zeus might have used mm-hmm. you know, how, how these are, are how Nuada of the silver arm went into battle you know what were we fighting for you know so when we we remember King Arthur you know in his creation of Camelot what was that about yeah so <laughs> speaking of technology speaking of technology uh, did it just go out on you uh, just push that there we go we're still going ah it's a, you know it, it needed the goddess's touch obviously obviously right. obviously here I am wielding the sword with absolutely no effect and she says hey stupid uh, that's a, a pet name my wife has for me oh. and, uh, well anyway on we go <laughs> alright here we go um, and if the evaluations of Business women are to be believed. Uh, the main flaw that, that women seem to be finding among, them, among themselves uh, and, and in their careers is a failure to A, value themselves, and B, put that value boldly forth and um, among others. Uh, in short, too, too many women are shrinking and undervaluing themselves, shrinking away and undervaluing themselves. And I'll just bet 10 cents of my own money that you have uh, a role model and someone in Celtic mythology who could lift us away from uh, toward a more bold path. The reason I went looking for these questing, I should say, questing Uh for Uh these goddesses Uh is because I wanted to find role models. I wasn't finding Mm -hmm. role models. I I was standing at Trinity College looking, no offense, but I was Mm -hmm. looking at the bus of a lot of white men going, what am Mm -hmm. I doing here? (laughs) (laughs) You mean they were saying that or you were? Uh, Maybe we both both, were. Um, And then when I found some of of these characters, I went, my goodness. Almost all of them in the book. So I, in the stories, I I, t- I tell the story as as it's given, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and then I re I allow them to retell their stories. Almost all of them were demonized, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so in the retelling of their tales, their power can come back. They can come back to life, ah. and so. So true of all of us. It is true of all of us. It is true. So the old, the, the old, they were called wikis. The old mm-hmm. wise women. Mm-hmm. You know, if you think about the the dark mm-hmm. ages, they yeah. they were killed off. Right. And so a lot of these stories went underground. And we have to thank people like Saint Patrick, mm-hmm. who might have d- destroyed a lot of the goddess mm-hmm. temples, but he also recorded the stories. So we still have them. Ah. 
And um, and so when now now and maybe it's just now that we can go back. I mean, the Mayan priests have said that the full feminine consciousness has not been allowed to be on the planet in 5,125 years. And, and when they've they, got the calendar to prove it. And when they told me that uh-huh. in person, three uh-huh. of them. I thought, my goodness, now this is interesting because these stories of the Tuatha de Dunan are actually from that age. From about Sullivan Crusade. <laughs> so we can go back in time and we can find Danu who who wants to bring life to all people. Yeah, you know, yeah. we can find Aaron Rood who sings to the stars and and listens as the stars sing back to her so that all life can form. But this isn't just airy folk tales. These are real models that people can see and infer and, and take the, seize to their own heart and grapple to themselves. We have to remember we're dealing with archetypes. Now, if we're thinking psychologically mm-hmm. for a minute, we're dealing with archetypes. So the old woman of the world is a very ancient archetype. Merlin, you know, these, right, these yeah. are very ancient. The mage, very ancient archetype. So they, we think of King Arthur for a minute. The reason he appears in the 5th century, in the 12th century, and so right, forth, uh-huh. is because there's an author for every age. Yes, right? truly, truly. This so there's a, a Guinevere for each age, mm-hmm. who was originally the May Queen. Right, right? Uh, yeah. And, and she okay. became barren because we went mm-hmm. to a wasteland. So there there could be maybe a pregnant Guinevere now, you never mm-hmm. know. Uh-huh. Uh, and then there's Nimwi, who's a mm-hmm. lovely character, and she's the female Merlin. Yeah. And so when we, when, we, when we find which archetype we're actually working with. Right. We uh-huh. actually know where we're headed. I mean, we know Persephone, right? So we might, yeah, who right. might lead us quite far down into the underworld. What I love about but, Persephone is that when she realizes that she will be going down, what does she do? She does not go calmly into that dark underworld. No, she flings wide her glorious play of colors, one glass, glass, gl- bit of glory before we go. What a wonderful attitude to have toward that. Something we could all develop. It is it is true too. And in in the Celtic tradition we have Bridget who who we've been speaking about. Yeah. Bridget Breathy, bride with mm-hmm. the light and we have the, the old woman of the world too, the Kaliak. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Who will uh-huh. come in at the end when things are meant to be given away, when it's meant to mm-hmm. and she's the, actually the great wisdom keeper. Oh, and so okay. you you never know when you're sitting in a let's say you're sitting in a courtroom. Right. Who do we need to pull out right now? It might mm-hmm. very well be the old woman of the world who has a huge pot with mm-hmm. every seed and every possibility and every thought that's like ever been created. Like your grandmother stirring and giving you the stories. Exactly. Uh-huh. Exactly. The grand Kerwidden who and you never know because she's the grand wisdom keeper of the world, the one that made Taliesin, and so. Sometimes we need to call upon that. And, and and what is it? Is she real? If you think about it, we get, what, maybe 80 years, mm-hmm. 90 years, 100 uh-huh, years, okay. if we're lucky. Uh-huh. These, oh, the Kaliach, it's a 10,000-year-old story yeah, that's yeah, still yeah. told generation after generation after generation. And when we get in touch with those roots... If there is something in that, there is a universal human thread which more has sprung, sprung out... It's got to be there. It would have died away with the coyote trickster. Uh, if it, but it's this is real. This is human. It is. It's, a, it's the light. It's the torch passed. The, the torch of wisdom passed from one age to the next. And it's also hope. Yeah, which was the last thing when Pandora opened her box. The only thing that rained inside was hope. <laughs> My, I'm just going to quickly give the Greek version of of perhaps uh, of finding uh, the, the step forth of power inside. And I, I'm going to turn to Prometheus, the Titan. Now, the, the story's long, but uh, in, in essence, Prometheus was the Titan who stole fire from the gods and gave it as a gift to humankind. What was so marvelous about that was, was is that man uh, shrinks away naturally because as a predator, man has no weapons to speak of. He's, they're pretty awful. As prey, he's soft, slow, and chewy. And uh, But... He has fire, and the wonderful thing about this fire is that everyone has it, and it's like love. It grows as you share it. It becomes more as you pass one on to the other. So this is something else. I love that tale, and also, just to add to that, I think he he was tortured by uh, 
<laughs> terribly tortured. Everyone who goes into MoMA, <laughs> into the Modern Art Museum, here, sees sees his liver being plucked out and so it, it, by, you know. by the eagle. But it, do you do you remember that it was it was Chiron who finally said yeah. he he wanted to give his life up, yeah. and 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 Prometheus was finally released. And I and I actually love that because it means that mm-hmm. they're. They're behind, you know, behind, there's always a healing story there if we look for it. If we, yeah. if we wait for a moment, there's always a way to heal that wound that you mm. never think can be healed. But on the, in the Celtic tradition, uh-huh. the eagle's a little different. It's more of a, a swan. And so... Ooh, much you, more graceful. And, you, and if you need to go find those lost pieces of your soul, you climb onto the back of the great swan and she slips between the crack of night and day and she flies all night through the sky gathering all the gemstones and all the treasures of who you truly are and Uh, in the morning she slips back through and you return whole. May you each take a walk around the warehouse that is you and may take inventory of those assets (laughs) like the swan what have you do. And I, I'd love to go on for, for hours, but uh, and I have so many more questions I wanted to ask, but could uh, just briefly tell us, where can people get a hold of the Heroines of Avalon and your Legends of the Grail stories of Celtic goddesses? Well, you can always go onto my website. Which and, is? And my first name is A-Y-N. So if, uh-huh. you, if you look up Ayn online, mm-hmm. you will probably find me there, AnnKateSullivan.com, and you can find me at Amazon and Barnes and & Noble, and, and you can go onto my website and look at events if you want to go on a wild quest. Or you can stand, you can just go to any <laughs> literary award po- uh, podium, and, and Ann will be there somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> Absolutely. And there's loads of audios if you want to go and listen to the audios on my website oh, and so forth. Oh, excellent. Well, so there let's, you go. May the myths stay alive. Absolutely. <laughs> The most noble work of men and women. Thank you. So, as we round out today's feast, I am Bart Jackson, your curator of business wisdom, leaving you with today's business quotation. That is, who was it who said, for a list of all the ways technology has failed to improve the quality of life, please press three. And as a hint to the author, this joyfully skewering columnist for the San Francisco Examiner roasts American culture on a spit while you nod and laugh. And remember, if you know the author of this quote, simply scribble that author's name down as you believe him or her to be and send it right off to info at bartsbooks.com. That's I-N-F-O at bartsbooks.com to win an absolutely life-changing gift from the dungeons of Bart's Books Bookstore. And as a parting shot, in the words of my wife's husband, if you're fired and broke and found neither a new job nor a good candidate for your third spouse in the last two years, you possess all the qualifications of becoming a business uh, and life coach. (laughs) Join the overflowing ranks. And to you, gleefully sharing our feast, I hope you've enjoyed the art of the CEO as much as Ann and I have enjoyed bringing it to you. And remember, you may download this on all our shows by visiting theartoftheceo.com. And finally, to you, who have honored us with your time, may I say, as always, it has been a privilege, and I thank you. <laughs>